are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right, let's go. Let's roll. Hour number two of the show off and running right now with you here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau insurance agents. Some of your hometown heroes to add to that list uh, up in Oxford uh, are swinging the bats and getting swings and misses on the mound. The baseball team at Ole Miss has moved on. They went 3-0 and at the regional at Coral Gables. That was a national seed. They go down there, they don't lose. And cap it off by advancing, by scoring three touchdowns and going for two and getting it. Put up 22 runs against Arizona to move on. And on your radio right now, the head coach of the Ole Miss baseball team, Mike Bianco, getting ready to go to Hattiesburg. Let's pick it up right there. I was talking about Elko and the idea of leadership. And it's interesting, a lot of times um, we talk about leaders and who is and who isn't, but rarely do we mention guys in the leadership category who don't play well. You, you notice how those kinds of things always go hand in hand, and he's coming off a game where he sets a school record and hit three home runs for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was obviously a sensational game and a championship game, but he had a great weekend. A guy that's something like seven for nine with five walks. Uh, four home runs. I mean, yeah, if you got that at, at one of the spots in your lineup, you got to be pretty happy. But, you know, everybody, you know, I think knows Tim Story and, and you, you know, the only three-time captain in program history and, you know, a guy that's the face of the program. But he's the face of the program not necessarily just because of what he brings, you know, to the lineup, but what he brings off the field. The guys, you know, we try as bad. You've been part of teams and, you know, you, you try to, we let them vote for the captains, but you try to encourage them to pick guys that are going to represent us. The guys that, you know, when you look at them, you go, yeah, that, that's an oldest rebel. That's, that's what we're supposed to look like. And, and not just, you know, your batting average, but the way you carry yourself. And, and not just Tim. Tim's been a tremendous leader for us, but there's been other guys. And, and I really think that's the reason that we we're in the position that we're in because, you know, you get to times in the season when things aren't going well. And, uh, you know, you need that, that leadership to just kind of steady you and make sure that the younger guys realize that, you know, let's just keep playing, let's stay together. And, and sometimes you lose teams and, and sometimes the teams stick together and they're, they stick in there long enough that they can turn it around and this team did. Mike Bianco on your radio right now, head baseball coach Ole Miss. Coach, when you have a dip, you know, you kind of go cold, you know, in the middle of the year for a period of time. Does it make it that much sweeter for a team to come around and now, at the most important time, be playing some of your best baseball? Make it that much better? Yeah, I, I think at times, you know, we we, we were, uh, you know, this team particularly was at a, a spot that we've never been in. We were seven and fourteen, and we've never, you know, my twenty-two years have ever been seven and fourteen, you know, in conference play, and uh, I think twenty-two and seventeen overall, if I'm not mistaken, and. Uh, man, it was a bad spot. And so, yeah, it feels really good to be where we're at now. But they know that, 
this this isn't the goal either. The goal wasn't just to reach, you know, a super regional. The goal was to get to Omaha and win a national championship. But boy, you know, about a month ago or so, that that didn't look like you know really a possibility. And so again, you got to hand it to these guys for for uh, hanging in there. So that's the term, isn't it? Hanging in there, resiliency. We hear that word a lot, but. In your experience, as long as you've coached, and then you add all the years you played too, Mike, is it um, some teams just have that ability and some don't, or is it something that you you're conscious of as a team? And this team was conscious of just hang in there, don't don't freak out. We're going to be okay. Like, how does that go throughout a year? Uh, the thing is, coaches, you, you you hope that you have it, but you. you you truthfully don't know until you get that adversity, right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. After every fall, you know, uh, you know, you hear from you know the kids fill out a kind of a paper and what we do well, what we don't do well, and uh, you know, gosh, fall after fall, you, the people talk about the leadership of the team and how everybody gets along. Well, sure, because you're playing inter squads and everybody's playing, right? Every pitcher's <laughs> pitching and everybody's in the lineup every day, and things are easy and there's no losses because you're playing one another. And you know, you really don't know that that toughness, that resiliency that you referred to, you know how you're going to handle adversity until you you get to adversity. And uh, and I think you know we talked about the leadership, but also you know with the leadership sometimes it's just you know older guys you know that put it in perspective. And when you look around at Kevin Graham and Bench and Dunhurst and you know guys like Diamond and others on the mound, even Kofi that you know, has been through an injury, but you know has been a great leader for us in the pitching staff. Uh, yeah, we're a pretty old team, and uh, and these guys have, you know, I think the phrase we've used the last few weeks is just handle it, man. You know, like, just handle it. You know, handle the flights, handle the rain, you know, handle the losing. You know, it, it's, it's part of it, and, you know, and to their credit, they've, they've handled it. Yeah, that's a that's a great slogan. It's a great slogan for life, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, no doubt. You get out of school, you get a family, you get a job. We all learn. We just have to learn how to just handle stuff and still sleep well at night. And that's, you know, you mentioned the older team, too, Coach. Isn't that such a luxury? I've heard coaches, like I've heard high school coaches before say that they tell each other, for every freshman you play, you lose one game. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and it's just such a luxury to have veterans, isn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and the, the, the kids usually play better as they get older. And I think it's because they do learn to just handle it. They, they learn that, you know, with, with every at-bat, you know, it, it doesn't make or break you, you know, and, 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 you know, you realize that you want to get hits and you, you want to make pitches and you want good things to happen. But, the, the, you know, if you lose, if you play poorly one, one certain night, you can come out the next day and play great. It's, it's, it's really kind of what our game's built on, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's the up and down and being able to, to do all the things that we've just been talking about. So, yeah, the older teams seem to, uh, to, to, to handle that a lot more, and I think it's just because they've seen a lot more. Sure. Mike Bianco, head baseball coach at Ole Miss, on your radio right now. Three-game series. Well, could be three. Best of three this weekend. You win two, you're going to Omaha. Two wins from Omaha. But you got to go through Scott Berry and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Coach, you played them twice. Um they win in Pearl. You win in Hattiesburg. Drew McDaniel, a great outing on the mound in that win over Southern Miss. What What is the scout of their team, the 11 national seed, and, and being at home? What challenge do they present? 
Well, I, I think the biggest thing when you talk about this particular Southern Miss team is how well they pitch. They pitch as well as anybody in the country. I think I saw a stat the other day that they give up the second least amount of runs per nine of any team and Tennessee being the number one. And, you know, we've, we've all heard and, and seen up front, you know, what Tennessee can do. We've only played them in the midweek. So the, you know, the disadvantage for us is, you know, we haven't seen those three, uh, you know, weekend arms. We've seen some of their bullpen arms, uh, but they just don't give up runs. And so I think that's first and foremost. They, they have an older lineup. Uh, a lineup that produces runs. You could see this weekend that they, they didn't have issues scoring runs, you know, against a, you know, a very good LSU team and, and down there in their regional. Uh, but the other thing is, this is a team that's had a lot of success over the last few years. So, well, really, you know, the, I think their program, but especially the last few years. You know, and uh, they've had they've won forty plus games a bunch of years in a row, and so when you look at this team, it's an older team as well, and a team that's I think uh, at home uh, with a very uh, you know rabid fan base, and so uh, yeah, it's going to be you know a huge challenge for us. And they conversely, they're going to see I guess Delusia for the first time. And and I wonder, in your opinion, Coach, you know, those twelve strikeouts against Arizona. He's out there for six innings. Was that certainly maybe one of? But was that maybe his best outing of the year? I think against a very good offense in Arizona. Uh, you know, the biggest stage of a ballpark that was playing small that weekend. Uh, yeah, he was he was really good that night, and uh, he's pitched a lot of big games for us, and really. Him and Elliot, you know, uh, the, the, the last half of conference play or last five weeks or so is really solidified, even though we really struggled with that rotation and really struggled with starting pitching. If you look, you know, the, the last five, six weeks, you know, the, those guys have been really good and, uh, he, he's been, you know, he's had a really good outing, uh, just about every time he's run out there. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, he's had one tough outing out of maybe five or six starts. Mike Bianco, head baseball coach, Ole Miss, on your radio. Uh, coach, when you step back, I know you were locked in, all the details, getting ready to play. you got to win two games. The journey's just getting started. I know that's your perspective. Nothing is accomplished. But for a minute, allow yourself to kind of step back and look at the significance, the, the history of one Mississippi team hosting another in a super that's never happened before, both going at each other here in this state two wins away from Omaha what what do you think it means just kind of for baseball overall in this state that this is happening this weekend well I, you know for our state I think our state knows it our, our state knows that this is a baseball state uh, when you look at us you know, nationally and when you look at us and southern and Mississippi state state winning the national championship last year I said it last year when we won the regional here with Southern Miss in it, and of course State winning their regional. And that after that championship game, you had three schools in in one state that were playing for a regional championship. I don't think another state you know had that going on. And and you, know, you just mentioned another thing which I wasn't aware of, but I guess it makes sense that this is the first super that's you know uh, matched up two teams. So with all that, I, I don't think our state's our fan base or their fan base or even Mississippi State's fan base. So we know how good we play baseball. But I think it kind of puts it on the national stage where you start to realize you know how good our state is and you know state of maybe three million people. Uh, and I said this in the, the post game press conference, the uh, the regional final this year in Coral Gables, that you know we have three million people. There might be three million people in Miami. Then I think one of the reporters corrected me and said the Dade, Dade County Metro 
duplex, there's six million. So, I mean, <laughs> that puts in perspective. You know, uh, I mean, like, you know, even though we <laughs> uh, we, we got a, a big state as far as land, we don't have a lot of people here. And to, to have three really good universities and two of them going at it for a chance to go to Omaha is pretty special. Well, and, and the support. Okay, so to the numbers you're talking about, a state with less than three million people, but you got three schools here that are in the top 15, top 20 in, a, in baseball attendance every year. Yeah. Ole Miss and State in the top 10, top five every year. So it's not even a per capita thing, Mississippi supports college. So this weekend, it's almost like it's a reward uh, for baseball fans in the state. At least we can look at it that way, I guess. No, I think you're exactly right. And the way that that our state embraces baseball and the support at all three schools, and you're exactly right, Uh, when you're you're looking around, uh, and I can say it because uh, I'm guessing all your list- listeners or most of your listeners are from Mississippi, that, you know, I, I saw a couple of the college baseball pundits put out the, the attendance, you know, for, for the games. Uh, and, of course, Southern Miss is up there in the top, whatever, eight regional, eight of the 16 regionals. Uh, but that's without us in state in it where, you know, we're averaging 10,000-plus a game in regular season, let alone you know, what we would have here for a regional. So, uh, yeah, the attendance here, the way people love baseball. So not only uh, is this state good in baseball, but the pe- people really appreciate it as well. Last thing, Coach, a couple minutes. Uh, your relationship with Scott Barry. You, you obviously played each other a ton over the years, recruit against, you see each other out. Um, what's your relationship with Scott like? Great. You know, he's a good friend and just a guy that, you know, because of our job, you know, it's not like we uh, we go on vacation together or <laughs> travel together. Uh, but I would say probably that the biggest word I could say is respect. You know, um, you know what what he's done there to take over for Corky. You know, after they went to Omaha, and he's had you know just so much success over the last decade or so. And uh, but just a class act, a guy that does it right. His team does it right. They play hard uh, year in and year out, and it's a, it's a great rivalry. Uh, but uh, also a, a lot of respect on both sides. Really cool. Coach Bianco, thanks so much. Um, it took three phone calls to finally get the good connection on my part, but I got one, so I'm one for three. I'm a 300 hitter. I'm a, uh, Keep that up. I'm a Hall of Famer, right? That's it. You're a Hall of Famer. That's what's great about our sports because I'm about one for three in everything. <laughs> so but at least in baseball, it means you're okay. Yeah, we, we just keep swinging. Thank you so much. We'll see you this weekend. All right, Matt. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. That's Mike Bianco, head baseball coach uh, at Ole Miss. Game one is Saturday at 3 p.m. Pete Taylor Park in Hattiesburg. Rooster called yesterday and said they need to add more seats. I don't know if they can get that done between now and Saturday. They'd do a fundraiser, expand the stadium. Looks like they have lots of room in the outfield. They could probably put some out there. Well, and they do put a lot of people in that right field roost already. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there. And, you know, Bill... A couple of years ago, I'm trying to think what year it was. Oh, heck. You know, I think it was the year that Andy Canizero got fired. When uh, they started the season, a three-game series in Starkville, I think. I mean, in Hattiesburg. And Southern Miss swept that series. Jake Mangum was on that team. And shortly thereafter, they, they fired Andy Canizero. Um, but it was that week. I think I went for the season over that weekend. To Pete Taylor, walked around and saw a bunch of people watching the games, and I went out to the right field roost. It was my first time to ever go out there. And it wasn't like 
just I wasn't out there like just out there to have a good time. I was kind of walking through observing, but I did meet some people, see some people. But there is a ton of room out there. Yeah. And when you're watching the games at Pete Taylor, like on TV, you don't realize there is a lot of room for a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's kind of up a hill. And as you go down the hill, yeah. you kind of lose the vantage point. You might lose sight of the field. And that's why they kind of set up the tailgates and stuff up on the hill a little bit. Do they have enough room in left field for like some extra bleachers? You know, I, f- I feel well, like... If they could do it at Mississippi State for softball, they ought to be able to do it down well, there. Well, you know? the only thing is the geography. I think it's yeah. kind of down into a gully a little bit oh, over the the left field side. So I don't know if the... I don't know if you have enough you know dirt over there to make that happen, but they'll, they'll cram them in there. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere. I know that. All right, hour two, just getting started. I'm Matt. Stick around. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Wyatt is in the house. Ba, 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 ba. Back with you, I'm Matt, in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Go! With the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. You can text, you can call, you can comment. You can comment on the live stream if you're on YouTube or Facebook. We had a funny comment earlier from Danny. You know, I got a phone call a little while ago from Louvier, and we couldn't hear Louvier through a good portion of the phone calls, very in and out. And we blamed it on Louvier and his phone. We said he must be at like down in the Louisiana Delta fishing or something, like in Delacroix, and they didn't have a signal. <laughs> okay, he's nearly in the ocean. We blamed it on him. Well, then at the beginning of trying to interview Coach Bianco, we had uh, his was cutting out, and we tried again. The third time was a charm on the phone connection. It worked with Coach Bianco. And so Danny said on YouTube, well, Bianco must be in a swamp somewhere too then. <laughs> Two in a row. Uh, he and Louvier hanging out together. Well, anyway, we got it. We got it in. We eventually got a good. You're out there hunting crawfish? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. We eventually got a good connection. And I will say, too, you know, the first hour of the show, we had a fun discussion and everybody relaying stories of their memories of the, the best games they've ever attended, phone calls, text, comments, and a lot of that conversation is still going on. I'm seeing it over here on the, the live stream on YouTube and Facebook. People are still throwing those memories in there, the best games that they ever attended themselves. And I uh, hope you all are enjoying reading that. And I am, too. And I'm going to go back and read some of it when the show's over and everything. Now, in the Bianco interview, I, I know at this point it's almost like broken record. We get it. I, but it's something to keep batting that ball up in the air around each other to discuss. You know, we need to really be proud of the baseball support in this state, the baseball success in this state. Those things probably do go hand in hand, to, you know, in some way. Um, but it's just really cool. And we talked about that with Mike Bianco also. And Jason and Flagstaff. Uh, Arizona said to that point about Mississippi and college baseball, he said the university here, and I guess he's talking about in Flagstaff, which would be what, northern Arizona? He said it's got a great basketball history. Ben Howland started his coaching there. Their football team just beat Arizona. A bigger enrollment than Mississippi State. They have no baseball team at all. Now, some of that, Jason, I'm sure is, you know, it is financial in that, 
you know how, how we've discussed about the scholarship issue thing, the equivalency scholarship thing. You're funding baseball in a lot of ways. You're asking, you're paying coaches for a sport that at some places you're not going to make money. But also, if you add those male scholarships, you got to, according to Title IX, add the female scholarships and, and balance that out. And so, having baseball means you got to have that equivalent or more on the women's side, and those are more things they've got to fund. And so, it's a financial thing. But a large enrollment, they've just made the decision they don't want it. You know, I guess. Um, okay, and look, so they are. Uh, MSU 1980 pointing out, says Matt, Pete Taylor has a building at the left field line. Yeah, all right, and I'm looking at that. You're looking at, you sent me a screenshot, sort of a satellite image. And if you look at that, Pete Taylor Park, that is, it's, it's a little bit landlocked. Right there where Pete Taylor is, because right on that left field line, down the third base line, you know, right behind the third base bag, just behind the dirt of the infield, you go down the third base line, there is no foul territory there for a few feet, for a good 25 or 30 feet. There is no foul territory. There, There's a, a thing that kind of sticks out and comes right down the line, and then there's only two or three feet of foul territory in the outfield beyond the left field line because there's a big building out there. Now, what I don't know if that is like an indoor facility for baseball. It may be. I don't know if it's storage for like the equipment. I wouldn't think it is because now they have an all-turf field. Um, so those are some details that would be important to the conversation. But what you can see is kind of what I'm talking about. You know, there's nothing. It looks like there's a gravel road circling the outfield wall on the outside of the wall there in left field at Pete Taylor. And then you see all those trees. And I, I'm again I could be wrong, but I think that goes downhill pretty quickly back there. But you know you could do something to build something out there. They just have to bring the dirt in, I guess. Uh, but thanks for sending me that picture. That's that's neat. Parking on the campus is not an issue. Uh generally I mean it, they they're gonna need a lot of parking, but they got a parking garage just a block or two away from there, um, on their campus, and so it's a it's a neat place. It certainly is. Okay, today as we sit here right now at this very moment, we are eighty seven days away from the kickoff for college football around here. That first Saturday in September is eighty seven days from today. So let's do team number 87 of our countdown of 90 teams in 90 days. Defense! Defense! Oh, shoot this thing! Set your watch for 90. Finite. It won't be long. 90 days, Jerry! Put your hands up! Yeah! 90 teams, 90 days. Today is team number 87. They are from Conference USA, but not for long. Not for long. All right, team number 87 is the Owls Hoot Hoot of FAU.
Um, the FAU fight song. You hear that? I'll let you hear it again in a minute. They do hoot hoot. They hoot like owls in the fight song. It's pretty cool, I think. So Florida Atlantic. Yeah, they're in Conference USA, but you know they are moving to the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, pretty soon. They're in Conference USA this year. Listen. Uh, hoot hoot and then a hey listen hey <clears throat> they say hey at the end of their song hey which side note I just got to throw this in there Bill it reminds me of that time on that show Family Guy when they brought the guy in the office, the office uh, who was a millennial to help Peter Griffin and all of them learn how to be more like millennials and he talked about he's in a band, and all they do is all they do is sit around and play and go, uh, a ukulele and go, "Hey, <laughs> listen to it." Also, my band is playing tonight at an inconvenient time. It's six unshowered guys and a pale woman with a ukulele shouting "Hey" in unison because that's what music is now. Hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> He said, that's all music is now. Okay, anyway, I'm not picking on FAU's fight song. I like the hoot hoot also, but they do at the end of it go, hey! <laughs> it's very modern. Um, and, and by the way, I just thought I'd throw this at you too. The lyrics of the FAU fight song, they didn't spend much time on it. We'll fight, fight, fight for FAU. There's football in paradise. We'll fight, fight, fight for FAU. We know we're going to win, and it's feeling mighty nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, look, they started a school in Boca Raton. They called it Florida Atlantic University. At some point, they looked around at each other and went, hey, we got to have a fight song. All right? And, you know, the music's pretty good. And they're like, well, what are, what are the lyrics going to be? <laughs> Somebody's got to come up with some lyrics to a fight song, y'all. Hey, Joey, go in there and write some lyrics to this, would you? And he came up with, we'll fight, fight, fight for FAU. There's football in paradise. We'll fight, fight, fight for FAU. We know we're going to win, and it's feeling mighty nice. <laughs> I mean, golly. That's tough. But they made up for it with the hoot hoot part of it. So they're playing a Conference USA schedule this year. Um, they do have UCF on their schedule from the AAC. They do have Purdue on their schedule in their non-conference from the Big Ten. But they're still going to have games this year against North Texas, Rice, UTEP, UAB, FIU, MTSU, and, and Western Kentucky. Um so, you know, as far as like when they officially make the transition to the AAC and that'll reflect in their football schedule, I don't really know that. Last year at FAU, they were a five-win football team. So, uh, not great. The last really impressive year 
uh, they had in football was under Lane Kiffin, right? Yeah, that last year for Lane Kiffin, 2019. Kiffin coached them to 11 and 3. How about this? Kiffin was at FAU for three years 17, 18, and 19. He went 11 and 3 his first year and went 11 and 3 his last year before getting the old Miss job. That's the last time that they really did anything. They've won five games each of the last two years since Lane Kiffin left to go to Ole Miss. That's FAU. Hoot hoot. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stick around. Show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think right now. Back with you. All right, here we go. Rolling along. And I'll set to wrap it up here on this Wednesday. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. Your hometown hero. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. Thanks to everybody who tuned in. Who's been a part of the show to this point. All the texts, all the phone. We've had a bunch of texts, a bunch of phone calls today. Comments like crazy on the live stream. Really appreciate y'all. If you're uh, on the YouTube live stream or Facebook, the comments and kind of talking to each other and being a part of the show that way. It's like pulling up a chair, having a seat here at the table with me. I'll pour you some coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Highpointroasters.com. Get it ordered there. You'll be glad you did. Tell them I sent you. Jay texted the show in the country pleasing text line. He says, all turf fields should, be, uh, should not be allowed. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Hail State, Southern Miss to the top. He's talking about all turf. Southern Miss's baseball field is all turf, no natural grass on there. I think it's just a thing now, you know, it's just what we do. And I'm sure it's a money saver, too, for a lot of places uh, in terms of what you what you would be doing in terms of upkeep and versus what you are doing. Yeah, they just did that at Clinton High School. Yeah. But all turf. The only dirt there is the mound. You know, and you and I have talked about this, Bill. Certainly some of these multi-use facilities. Okay, you know, at the surface at Veterans Memorial Stadium. um, You've got a lot of junior colleges around the state that they got a football field that's hosting high school games on Thursdays and Fridays. I mean, on on, uh, Fridays, and they're doing JUCO games on Thursdays and Saturdays. And you're also doing soccer on them, and it makes sense to have the the turf, especially if it's multi-use, uh, it would seem. It would seem. Hey, Bill. Hey, Matt. Here's something from the Wayback. From the uh, Wayback Machine. Is this because I go way back? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. You can associate. <laughs> I, okay. I was probably there. <laughs> well, you were there for this. On this day, June the 8th, 1979... The final, ep- the final episode of Mr. Cotter. Mr. Cotter. <laughs> Up your holes with a rubber nose. <laughs> Up your nose with a rubber nose. There you go. The nose before I got it right the hose. Down. 
Mr. Cater. Mr. Cater. Yes, welcome back, Cotter. The final episode of Welcome Back, Cotter aired on the ABC on this day in 1979. Yeah, what is your name, son? Honored Horshack. <laughs> I've got a clip here. It, I don't even know what's on this. It was just on the soundboard, and it says, Oh, boy. On my thing here, it says, Welcome back, Cotter Funny. Let's see what oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. You can't kid us. I mean, you leave me no choice but to prove it. Hey, Cotter, up your nose with your rubber hose. That's it. <laughs> John Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know what it is. He's he's he's. They're standing. The students are standing around him, and he's insulting him to see if he can get him to get mad. And Cotter's sitting there going, "I'm not going to get. You're not going to pull me into this. I'm not going for it." So loaded, you could play handball up against the curb. (laughs) (laughs) See what I mean? The old Cotter wouldn't have taken that. He's right, Mister Cotter. If you was yourself today and Vinny said them things to you, well, you probably would have said something like, uh, Hey, Vinny, you know why you don't got no freckles? Because they probably slide off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's not done. He's not done. Again, then you probably would have said, Hey, Vinny, if you ever jumped off the George Washington Bridge, you'd leave a bathtub ring. (laughs) All around the Hudson River. (laughs) Big finish. The big finish. Hey, Vinny. (laughs) They tell me your mother. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Enough, poor Shaq. Enough. Don't go to his mama. Don't go to his mama. Enough, Horshack. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Up your nose with a rubber hose. So that was on this day, the final episode of that. On this day, 1979, a very, very, very young John Travolta playing uh, Vinny. Okay. Divinny, not Vinny, but from Vinny to Divinny equipment phone line, Ready Teddy on line one. What's up, Teddy? Hey, man, I'm on, uh, not to be a sour grape, but I'm, as an Ole Miss fan, man, I wish my fellow Ole Miss fans would just chill out and just be happy that we're in a super regional. And, and you know, I know we'd all love to go to the games and, just, and, and at the same time be happy for Southern, too, that they're getting to host a super regional instead of just complaining about the lack of seating, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't think they should spend any extra money for more seating no, no more often than a super regional you get to host a super regional, so I think we should just be happy with what we have and, and, and not be so upset that there's limited seating and tickets available. Well, and it's, I appreciate you saying that, and it, I take it as, Teddy, there must be some sort of uproar going on among a certain faction of the Ole Miss fan base about lack of tickets or something like that. Is that what's going on? Well, I've got friends on Facebook who are complaining and saying, you know, Stadium is a certain size. You shouldn't be able to host a regional. I don't. I don't think that's fair. No. Um, you know, we can't. You can't build a fifteen thousand seat stadium just no. in case you get to host a regional. No, you're exactly so right. Just, just, and Teddy, here's the thing about us, what we're talking about. I mean, Southern Miss is easily putting five thousand or something or more, really, frankly, because of the right field roost and standing room. Uh, in their stadium, and somebody pointed it out yesterday. There's a lot of stadiums 
like Tennessee's stadium right now, their official capacity is between four and five thousand. Um, you know, right. Texas Texas A and M. It's a beautiful place, but their seating capacity is only like six thousand people right now. So, in right. terms of just seating and getting people in there, Southern Miss is not all that far off from a lot of other places. It's just that if you're comparing it to Swayze or you're comparing it to Duty Noble, well, very few places in the entire country compare to that, you know? Right, and, and I, I think this, you know, requesting extra seating just for this one series is, is, is just unfair to Southern Mississippi. I think it really Well, is. and you got to look at it through Southern. Here's They have to look at it through Southern's perspective because you're exactly right, Teddy. Southern Miss... Why would they change anything that's gotten them to where they are? I mean, you know, that's right. why would they change anything? You know, do you, do you go out and buy a 22-seat dining room table just so your whole family can come sit there and they're only going to do that once every 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Great point. It's kind of like it's kind of like Annabeth and I, you know, years and years ago, we moved into this house. It's a four-bedroom house. And I, I was thinking, this is great because when our family comes to spend the night with us, we're going to have plenty of bedrooms. Well, guess what? Number one, they don't come to spend the night that often. Number two, that's right. Number two, one, you know, we got some family members that when they come and they visit, they sleep on the couch because they like it better. <laughs> so you just, right. you know, you're right. That's a really good analogy there. Yeah. So those are the. All right. We all have a good day, man. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Appreciate it, Teddy. Thank you. I mean, those are the breaks. Yeah, cousin Eddie shows up. You hope he's got an RV. <laughs> that there, Clark, is an RV. RV. Look, I'm just going to lay it out there. Teddy's exactly right. Yeah. And anybody who thinks otherwise, you just need to readjust. You need to. What was that on the old televisions? You need to adjust the what? The, um, the rabbit ears. Yeah, you need to adjust your rabbit ears. Okay. Because listen, first of all, compared to baseball venues. Throughout the rest, college baseball venues throughout the rest of the country, Southern Misses is right up there with with every with all with everybody. They're not up there with Arkansas and LSU and Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Hmm. They're okay. Texas A and M though. Texas A and M's got a smaller field. Well, smaller and road. okay, okay, it's this bu- big, beautiful, recently it's built, really nice but park. But in, yeah. yeah, in terms of seating, I mean, they got a train that runs along the outfield. They yeah. put people out there, so. <laughs> When we're talking about seating and tickets, if you're if you're an Ole Miss fan, do not single out Southern Miss as it's being something wrong with them because they don't have a seat for you. Okay, first of all, it's a luxury when you have that big stadium and your team earns the right to host. You know, Ole Miss has done it. State has done it at times. But, you know, that's the thing. It's a luxury when your team earns the right to host. Well, this year, Southern Miss has earned the right to host. That's mm-hmm. why it works that way. It's so a can't, great place to play baseball. Too. It's, it's a, a great place. It's a great venue. They'll have a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, as far as actual tickets, that is what it is. That's just an is what it yeah. is thing. Okay, it's, it's an advantage. <laughs> exactly, Bill. <laughs> ESPNU. We just look for things to be thankful. <laughs> Let's be thankful that it is going to be, they're all going to be televised. Yeah. And it'll be on radio, too. Right, because 20 years ago, they might not have all been televised for all we know. Oh, no, they weren't. You know, you. and hey, 
It's an advantage for Southern Miss. They earn the right to host. Their fans are going to be there because they get the tickets and they have the tailgating set up in the right field. It's it's That's the whole thing about getting to host. That's where it is. And it had nothing to do with the stadium size. Look at it this way. If you were going to Tennessee to play them in their Super Regional, you'd have less tickets available to you there than you do at Southern Miss. Southern Miss got more seats than they do. All right, that'll wrap it up. For Bill, I'm Matt. All of us here in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you tomorrow. See you.